Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock, Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. It feels good to be back. Finally. Finally, Trevor and I are back together. Two weeks of us being apart. Don't worry, Connor's going to be on this show as well. He's, uh, well, he might have just cut to himself, depending on what he did in his editing. Um, but before we get into the show too much, if you're listening here on YouTube, uh, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and subscribing and leave us a comment down below, uh, just letting us know that you're here. And then if you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, uh, I'd really appreciate it if you left us a review. Um, I'm going to go ahead and actually read a review from I am that Archer zero one hmm. left us a five star review and said I have fallen in love with disc golf in the past year. These guys helped feel that for me. I never liked podcasts before, but these guys make it seem like they are having conversation with me in my earbuds. If I'm listening in my car, I literally shout out interjections that I would say if I was sitting at the table with them. Hunter, Trevor, and even the man with the quickest fingers in Virginia, Connor. <laughs> you all have a very good show. Thank you. So, you know, I, I really love reading those uh, reviews. Uh, that's something I'm probably going to start doing almost every week, just bringing up a review. So if you want a chance to be featured on the show, go ahead and leave us a review. It doesn't have to be a five star. You know, you can leave us a one star and tell us that we suck and we're ugly. Does Spotify not do reviews? I've never seen a review on Spotify, no. <laughs> what are they doing? I don't know. I mean, if there is, I don't think we have any. <laughs> Maybe it's because Spotify, I don't know if Apple does this, but I know Spotify for sure pays people to specifically be on Spotify. So maybe they're protecting their paid personalities. Uh, maybe, yeah. It's just weak. But anyways. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the second thing before we get into the show is Connor. Yes. I want to address an opinion you made on the podcast last week. Oh, gosh. So Trevor, it was during the hot takes, hot cakes segment. I don't remember what it was actually called. I just remember that. Part. Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns <laughs> segment. Uh, which, first off, genius segment. Secondly, really, okay, I really liked it, Connor. During it, you were talking about like the scoring. Do you remember your opinion on scores? Yeah, I said that I don't, I, I don't have a strong enough opinion on. Don't this you back down. No, you I, don't sit on a fence. <laughs> I, okay, you, you said an opinion. I said that I don't necessarily care about scores as a total. I just care about them related to other players. So you don't care how far under par someone is. You just Not care. I mean, I, related to, to an the, extent. To, to an field. extent, I think to an extent. But well, like, what, whenever, to what extent? What do you yeah, mean by that? Well, extent? I mean, like, if everybody's shooting plus five, that's not that's not any fun. Oh, you're but, like on the other. Oh, you're end on the end. other end. I think it's a great bit of fun if everybody's shooting plus five. So you, really, so you're it, saying like, saying if that, everyone's shooting seventeen down and it's a competitive tournament, who cares? Well, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, I that's don't back down. No. What is your opinion? That's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying to an extent because I like to that extent where everybody's shooting 17 down. But they're already is extreme. I mean, they're already like leaders are shooting like I'm 14 down. I'm saying over overall, I don't really care what everybody's shooting. I only care about what it is related to everybody else. So I want to you know pose I mean? a question to you then. Okay, go ahead. So right now, I would say a lot of weekends, and you can agree or disagree with this first part. A lot of weekends, we're seeing the leader averaging like 12 to 15 under par yeah. each round. Mm-hmm. That's right, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then where does the sport go from here? 20, 25 down. <laughs> well, I think really that, though, like 10 years from now, what, what are the leaders going to be shooting? Yeah. See, where can we go? I don't think that's a good, a good argument though, because here's how my, my counter argument to that is that like perfection, when you talk about the ceiling being, you talk about the ceiling is 18 under, right? That's your ceiling and you're, you're thinking, no, because in disc golf, Eagles are way easier to come by. So, okay. You so could get to like, right. But your ceiling, but it, it gets silly if you get to nineteen twenty under. Right, but I I would argue that no matter how good players get the sport, like perfection in a round is still going to be rare because you have. I mean, it's you have to play perfect and think about. But how that many, is, what is perfection in disc golf? 
I think Paul shot an 18 down. That wasn't a perfect round. Right. But I think, I think, okay, perfection or near perfection. So like those rounds, the 18 unders or betters, those are the ones we talk about when we talk about the perfect rounds, I think. Um, and you think about how many bad breaks you can get in disc golf, how much the wind can be a factor, the baskets can be a factor, and then just players will just make dumb mistakes. I do think that it's it's a little. So are we already peaked at the uh, Ricky and Paul th- are the best a disc golfer can ever get. I if so, we might need to pivot and change to a different thing because the future is not bright. If that's the case, I completely disagree with that. How? It's going to get so boring. If we've already seen the best we can ever no, see, I how's it going to keep I us entertained? I completely disagree because you take that argument to other sports and that's never okay, basketball. applied. Okay, just... Ten years ago, the game was completely different because Steph Curry hadn't reinvented it with the three. Right, but okay, so if Steph Curry... Do you think there could ever be a better shooter than Steph Curry? There'll be someone who does something better than LeBron or Steph or whatever that'll bring something new and make the game exciting. How... How is somebody going to be a better shooter than Steph Curry? People probably said that about Ray Allen and yeah, numbers it's of other different. people. It's different because you, Not, I, I've used this argument before, and this is like, I've okay, let me explain this analogy to people. So my, how is someone going to be more athletic My analogy, right. So my analogy was like when technology from like, let's just say like 1990 to 2000, or even just 2000 to 2010, let's say that, 2000 to 2010, technology just jumped leaps and bounds. I mean, this is the era that brought smartphones, next-gen consoles, VR, all this stuff. But then from 2010 to 2020, or maybe it maybe it'll be 2020 to 2030, you're going to see a lot smaller jump. I think athleticism and and sports like like there was an era where athletes got so much better. I mean, if you go back and watch old sports footage, it's like night and day. But that jump from t- because we've gotten so far in like training and techno and like athletic development, that jump in the next 20 years compared to the previous 20 years is going to be minuscule. I agree with you in other sports. Has disc golf had that jump yet? We're, I think we're we have. Young. I think, but I. So I think the field, the rest of the field, the back end is going to make. We that. don't even have a major company in the sport yet. What What would what Nike the heck do does with, that, What the heck does that have to do with players? You think Discraft has the same tech? We were just talking about technology. Yeah, but okay. so do you think Discraft has access to the same technology disc, as Nike? Disc technology is a heck of a lot different than than like if you're comparing it to golf which it sounds like you're comparing it to like ball golf then it's a whole lot different there's a lot more to it then i don't think disc technology is going to evolve because if that's if that's what you're saying is the way that players are going to get better is because of disc technology i think that's gonna be a part of it because i think i think in like ball golf I, we were saying this before like we have seen i mean when tiger woods came along it was you know late 90s and like if that's like the best golfer of all time and as far as like talent in golf like just raw talent like i don't know if there's really much more of a ceiling above what we've seen but technology in golf improved and that's why scores got better and they had to change the courses but in ball golf there's so many like there's the shafts the grips the head and like a lot of pieces in within the head of the golf club and then there's the golf ball which has like four different layers to it the disc right now what's allowed is like (laughs) it's one thing there's a whole lot no that's complete that's a false statement because within the disc, it's one thing, but then you can say, well, the club's one thing. Within the disc, you have the rim width, you have the party line height, you have the dome, 
Those are complete. You have the those plastic. aren't parts. Those aren't parts. Those are like specs. Those are like, but those are not parts. I mean, okay, are you, are you like, do you do you get that? Like, there is a head that you screw into a shaft that also has a grip on it, and then there's a ball that you hit with that club. Like, yeah, there's more. There's the disc more is just parts, one piece, but you can't be, maybe two. <laughs> so but like, there's a lot more to a disc. All I'm saying is, if we have seen, if you're no. if you're sitting here and arguing that we have seen basically as far as disc golf can come. No, not that's that's not what I said. I said we have seen with with Paul McBeth and Ricky Wysocki, we have gotten very close to how good somebody can get at disc golf. I think maybe talent wise, but when you go yeah. talent plus the technology, I don't. I don't think the technology is a big enough of a factor. I think so. You don't think that players will get better than what we've seen right now? I think a little bit, just not a so like not a stroke a, or two. just not a yeah. So I so I mean, when you say we're, we're in the emphasy of our sport. No, we're we're not really. We, we are. are. We're in the. How in, old is golf? Okay. We're How in, old is golf? Stop. We're in, <laughs> we're in the infancy as far as like structure and money and things like that. Yeah. As far as like players evolving, I I wouldn't say we're quite in the infancy. How? Because guys have been playing this since what is, the 70s. What is the technically what is the correct years? what's the correct forehand form? Is fifty years? Who in can break infancy? down the correct forehand form? What do you What do you mean? Who can? What did you? There say? is the forehand form. Okay. We don't even have a set like this is the correct way to throw. A forehand. I mean, we know what factors create a good forehand. Certain, somewhat, but there hasn't been enough like okay, studies and stuff. That's the same as ball golf. They don't like. There's yeah, no, no perfect golf swing. That's just the game. That's just like sports. But there's no perfect jump no, shot. No, but there's a lot more. De- if you go and look into a golf swing, you're gonna find a lot more detail on how to have a good golf swing based on who you are than disc golf. We don't really know. Stuff keeps changing and evolving. I don't. <laughs> Okay, but because we're in the infancy of our sport, that stuff might add like us. Like if Paul had like somebody who had like perfect, like what is that? Like what is that really going to change for him? Like maybe a stroke or two. You're a pessimist, man. I'm sitting here. We're there's so much growth that can happen, but score wise, there's Paul not. McBeth has I think played disc growth... golf rounds. Hold on, one more point. Paul, go ahead, Mc... go ahead. Paul McBeth has played disc golf rounds with the courses we have right now that are so close to perfection. You keep saying different things that are countering yourself with the courses we have right now. There's another thing that can change. I, I'm not talking about the courses. I'm not talking about the courses. I'm talking about the players. The courses, I believe, can can change the sport dramatically. That's what I but believe. But the players, like people are going to get more athletic. That's the natural progression of life. That's why LeBron is okay. so much more athletic than but it, But I'm saying Paul has before. already played near perfect rounds. So like if that player... Perfect played by Paul and perfect played by a guy who's better than Paul is still just the same thing. Like, how does it look any different? They both played a perfect round. I think everything will keep evolving and changing. So a perfect round 10 years from now will be way more impressive than a perfect round right well, now. Well, okay, so I do think the the place for the, the ceiling in the sport to go is for the courses to get harder. For, like, if you're gonna if you're going to change the, like, if you think, like, guys are shooting too low, that's what I think... The change that's what my whole argument is is the issue we're already 15 down where do we go from here yeah but if, I think, if, the, if the score doesn't matter i think if 15 16 unders right now don't think, matter that's not a problem think, where do we go i think right now that's not as prevalent as an issue as the fact that those low scores are more of a, it's more of a problem for for scoring separation in, in my opinion because i don't like seeing guys have to play perfect to win i mean i agree with that that's that's my big my whole my whole thing was your argument was the low scores are a problem because our ceiling has been met. Well, I've already said I don't the think, low scores are a problem because of scoring separation. Okay, but, but that's I, only a short I term. think the whole like ceiling argument is is not super relevant right now because I don't I think 10 years from now guys will still be shooting on these same courses guys will still be shooting like the same scores. That might kill our sport. No. 
Yes. 14 How many times can I watch someone go to the exact same course and shoot the exact same round? What are what do you like what do you mean? You just said 10 years from now people are going to be shooting the same scores at the same courses. And that's the, in ball golf they've been doing it for 100 years. But there's so, there's little minute changes that change up everything. It's a lot of courses haven't changed that much. But scores have somewhat. A little bit. I think scores aside, I think that we've seen this year disc golf become more difficult in the pro tour I, and that has nothing to do that has nothing to do with scores that that has to do with the field difficult in what way difficult is in to win. difficult to win, to win? Yeah. Yeah. yeah because i so but that's the sport didn't become more difficult well, the, sport yeah. did, but, the sport did become more difficult because yeah, i do agree. because there's too many people who are good at it i do agree with connor though. in the sense that exactly but i think that's what makes a sport harder right too. like guys battling each other is a heck of a lot more important for making keeping the sport popular than guys battling so you don't see an course. issue with basically we have nowhere to go score wise <laughs> that's so that's just not true with the courses How? the courses How? can get harder yeah okay we're gonna so make there's more a place courses. to go that's there's the whole be... point of this argument is no, con- you, the whole point of this argument the... started with connor saying there's not a the, there's no issue with us being 15 16 down right no, you're my the only reason is that I started, not right the only started? reason i started the argument is because you are saying that our sport is going to be dead if people are shooting 14 under in 10 years. That's just ridiculous. That's so not you, at all so what So do I you said. want to change the courses You, you now? said it like two minutes if ago. If they're shooting 14 you under like, on a much harder like, course. You were literally just like, if people are shooting 13, 14 under at these same courses. At these years. same courses. Thank you. Okay. That, the okay. courses get harder and they shoot 14 down? Perfect. That's no, what I want. 13, 14 under at the same courses, is it's not a if sport people, killing issue. Yes, it would if be. If they were shooting like 17, if, 18 imagine, under Imagine as the courses. whole field gets better. Okay, yeah. and 15 under right now is the hot round. The yeah. whole field gets better. Yeah, where do we go? Everyone's going to be shooting closer and closer. The scoring separation is going to get worse. There's going to be 35 people tied for the lead. I just don't think that's going to happen. I just don't like. You, don't, you're literally the argument of parity, right? More people getting better. No, I don't think that's that gonna is happen. this argument. I don't think that's going to happen as quick as you're saying it is. But it's going to happen. Like, it's a the problem. Sport is harder than you're giving it credit for. <laughs> I f- trust me. You've seen me play. I understand that. All I'm saying is players are going to keep getting better. Even if the ce- let's say the ceiling hasn't met, Paul's as good as it going. There's going to be more players that can get to that ceiling. I that's, that's what I was just saying. So if the courses are still where we, right now, you can shoot 14 I've, under. I've, there's going to be 15 people tied for the lead after round one or within one stroke of the lead. So do you I, think change the courses that exist now, or do you think as we create more courses, make them harder? Both. Okay. First thing is make the basket smaller. Is, that's Why the what heck you have want? we not done that? Is to make yeah, the basket smaller? On the Pro Tour. That's going to really hurt my feelings. On the Pro Tour. you don't, Are you <laughs> playing on the Pro Tour? Oh, well, just on the Pro Tour? Just on the Pro Tour. I never advocate for changes at Peaksview Park where beginners are getting in the sport and they're yeah. going to have to hit that's putts a, on a that's small a, basket. That's a tough one, though, because that's like that's unlike anything that any sport's really done is like having something in the sport that's just like like the nba three-point line but it's different that's like making the basket smaller though it's not it's not the same as a three-point line that's like that argument would be like changing where the edge of the circle is i think that should happen too okay but like i'm saying like making the basket smaller is is like the 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 basket other than the disc is like the key part of the game well the issue is you'd have to look way back in sports like right now the sports have all developed so much because i think years from now if we start with the pro tour right now as more courses go in, people are going to want smaller baskets. So eventually, the standard would probably be smaller baskets. Okay. But you can't just be like, okay, every single course to be a PDGA legal course has to rip up their baskets and cost. That would kill the sport immediately. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, I guess you would need a separate rule set. Although, didn't the PDGA, didn't, wasn't there an event that used marksman baskets once? Mm-hmm. And they're technically PDGA approved baskets. I, I'm pretty sure. It's weird. Or it might have been an X tier. So I guess where, they like, would just have to get it approved. I don't know. 
I, I just... Regardless, I think it's an issue. I think this whole thing... You agree it's an issue, how I, low scores are. I, I don't like how low scores are. I never have. I just think... I guess what got me fired up is that, like, the presumption that, like, players and technology is going to get so drastically better. I never said drastically. Well, it would have to we're get... We're talking dra- three strokes. Three strokes per round, and we're 18 under on some of these events. I think three strokes. I think that's harder to attain than you think it I, is. I don't. I think it is. Because, I mean, like, we are talking perfection what, at 18 under, what but three makes, strokes, now we're going 15 to 18. What, like, what makes those three strokes happen? I don't know, a little incremental, like, how much farther you're throwing, how much more accurate you can putt. Yeah, like a, like, a study. You and like, I both know that putting has nothing to do with talent. It well, it has a little bit, but it's mostly mental. Yeah, but there, you don't know what like like as as this good as be like having a, get a putting. This would be like if, having a conversation in golf when they're hitting with wooden shafts, and you're just like, we just keep, there's nothing we can do to get better. And then two years later, some technology comes out, and you're like, oh, they can flex now. Yeah, but but like your the you putting, don't know the, what'll come the out. The putting argument though, like in ball golf especially, like putting has also always been just hit the ball on the line that you choose. <laughs> And disc golf putting has always been just toss the disc on the line that you choose and know where to throw it, and it's just always hard. But no matter. players consistently get better at it. A little bit, but the best players in the world still miss two foot putts because they're nervous. <laughs> like I have never once seen Ricky miss a two or Paul or any. No, 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 not disc golf, ball golf is what I was talking about. I was going to say that'd be more like, that'd be I'm like, like dude, they're dropping it in. That translates to like twenty foot putt. <laughs> that translates to like twenty foot putt. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think those strokes are as easy to get as you think. Like those never, guys. When right, did I ever say the word easy? I never once. If said you're easy. saying it's gonna I'm happen, gonna, if you're saying it's gonna happen, like within it like happens 10 years. every single year. Mm. Players get look at how much better the field is. They the people are shredding courses the field, that but the five to seven years ago. The top isn't getting better. Top is. Mm, I, look I, at I, what look at the scores that are required to win these events. I think if you go back years ago, the some of these some of the scores that are being put up would win by like six, seven, eight strokes now. I don't, I just don't know, man. I think the winner from like I just don't know four years ago, five years ago, six years I ago is coming in like have second to agree place. To disagree on this, whatever it is. <laughs> I just it's like, way I, too early on in the podcast for you to already be making that face. I brought this up to talk to Connor. And then you like I just assumed you would agree with this. We we literally talked about this like yesterday or the day before and we started arguing about it. So like I don't know how you didn't. I will say I wasn't that. I wasn't necessarily trying to say that I don't think scores should change or anything. I was just saying I don't care what the scores are personally because that's not what I I, I to look at first place shot this. I don't really care. I want to see what second place shot to get a comparison. Yeah, well that's the that's where I'm saying the issue is. That's if first place is shooting 15 and he's already met his ceiling, then second place is going to be shooting 15 and then soon third is and fourth is and fifth is but until we have 15 Here's my other thing, tied. Hunter, though, is like you talk about perfection is one round, but disc golf tournaments are three rounds. And has any, I'm how also close, not talking about perfection. Okay, but when you talk about your ceiling, that's what you're talking about. Like well, I'm saying we're going to get closer and closer okay, to that ceiling. I, don't think, I think we're a lot further than you think because what player has, if like 16 the under... The doesn't have to be perfection. Like uh, the winner's not going to be shooting 18, 18, 18. So you're talking about on a round saying, by round basis. I'm saying the issue is more and more players, since we're already here, more and more players are going to get to this po- this point because that the courses aren't that hard didn't enough. sound like your argument earlier. Your, your argument earlier sounded like you were. Worried I'm saying that where play- do we go because the players are already kind of bumping at like 15 under whatever that's, it is. That's that's for more and more one, players are going to get rounds, here though. Like nobody's done that for three rounds in a row. Maybe not 15. Well, some courses 15, yeah, but. 
you know, the, this range of like 10 to 15, 12 to f- whatever it may be at some of these courses, then like, that's why Northwood's gold. I think you see such a separation. I, think, yeah, I, I do think though, like think, here's another thing to think about. Like if you look at our hardest courses, like our best courses for like competitive disc golf, then that's not a, really a problem. Exactly. So, so I think, I think really maybe we can just agree on here is that it boils down to, we have the ability to make courses hard enough that, that we're not even close to the ceiling. Exactly so my maybe, point. So maybe it's just the course's fault. I don't. That was not your main point, or else we would have just agreed and moved on. There was other things in there to be said. Well, talking my, about my athletic whole, issue, evolution over my here. My issue isn't at Northwoods Gold. That's okay. why I think if you go to Northwoods and you play, well, but, if you hey. go four round tournament at Northwoods Gold or even at New London, yeah, the top players are going to rise right. to the okay, top. Okay, so if we take it, if we just take if you it go to Fountain the Hills, the if you go to Fountain Hills right now, okay, well, you're going to have twelve or fifteen people in contention. That course is outdated, but yeah, I, I think if we take it down to the courses are the problem, then yeah, I have of always agree with that. Of course, the courses are the problem. All right, that's enough of you. Next to the <laughs> next argument. <laughs> Stop trying to act like that's what you were saying the well, whole Paul's time. Well, Paul's not shooting 15 down at New London. Paul's not shooting 15 okay, down at that, Northwoods. Okay, but that is not where this argument was. This argument the was The argument not, was on scores. No, no, it wasn't even. It, it was, was about it was about how much people are going to evolve in the L- next... Read, read my main I was You weren't talking... This is literally what I said. I said, where does the sport go if we're already shooting then, 12 to 15 down then, every round this young of a sport? And then you talked about how discs are more complex than ball golf clubs. I never once said that. Because I said they're more complex and you're giving them... You got the, they got the rim and the width like, i'll say you're giving them yeah more cra- and look at this table it's got the width and the height yeah it would be like saying like <laughs> this table's got nothing to it it's just one piece it's not though a disc is there's like things screwed into things here a disc How do you, but a disc is made of multiple things like there's so much that goes into a disc to cause it to fly and cause it to be overstable unstable I, that less, I don't think we've even scratched the surface on disc technology Maybe not. Weight distribution. There's so much that goes into a disc and how it's flying. You sound, it's like, not just you sound like, like a sales rep for Penrose right now. I'm just for, saying for it's, not like, <laughs> it's not like it's as simple as like we've got a circular thing. We throw it and it works. Like you, you literally take like. I don't know, man. This has looked the same for a long time. <laughs> they haven't, though. I mean, how old are like a lot of our popular molds? A lot of the popular, but like even the exactly <laughs> like the ones that people use. No, the Thunderbird, the Onyx, the Zoo. Well, I'll I'll ignore the Discraft new molds that Paul just. Yeah, because they all are. Look, but they all the look Thunderbird. Like, okay, but the Thunderbird is a wider T-bird. That wasn't revolutionary, and the T-bird is an ancient mold. Then why didn't they do it earlier? Okay, it might have been a good idea, but it doesn't mean it was like we changed the game. We made the rim a little bit wider, so it's a faster like. <laughs> There's nothing that crazy about that. There just then isn't. you go create a disc. <laughs> I mean, if it's so easy, if it's so easy, if it's that easy, you go, I, you go make a faster destroyer that flies. Here's good. how people create discs these days, or it seems like it, anyways. They take a mold they already like and change it a little. If I knew how but to make there, a disc, I could take things, a mold I like and change it a little. There's certain <laughs> things that haven't been done or are being messed with that will come out and be like, oh shoot, like what? Plastics is a huge one. Yeah, but pla- I think we've barely scratched the surface of plastic. I, Everyone's using the same plastic. I agree right now. that plastic is the net, like plastic is the next place that disc technology will change. But I don't know how much. Like maybe it'll affect disc flight a little, but I think durability there's and grip is more so what it'll affect. There's something to be said about not necessarily the overmold technology, no. but <laughs> what happens when you have an overmold disc, like the weight distribution to the rim. We've okay, seen, but it. they literally—I mean, people have been quoted and saying it goes like one to three percent further. I'm not talking about farther. I'm talking about the the flight it can accomplish, like the slow okay, flips. Okay, if the that were, if flips. it were that much more drastic, then everybody would be throwing it. I don't think so because it just has such a bad name. 
that a lot of people aren't even people are literally laughing at it. I don't know, man. When if you actually throw it, you're like, frick, there's something here. And I think once you accomplish that without there being an overmold, so it's not yeah. as gimmicky looking. That's something. I don't I don't think overmold is going to be the difference between people. I never said the field. O- okay. I'm I'm done. You're putting so many words in my mouth. We're going on to the next the first talking point of this podcast. Just keep digging yourself into holes, man. Dig dug over here. <laughs> I, but I never said overmold is the future. I said you when sounded you like it, man. You were you were getting inspired. Is that what I sounded like? I back saw there, the Connor? I saw the twinkle in your eyes as you started talking about. You saw that that weight distribution, that late flip, man. It's different. It's different. But I, I said when we can figure out how to do that in a normal disc. So you're I saying literally it's said not that. normal? Overmold? No. Huh? All right. This past week, we had the Women's Global event, which takes place every other year. That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> Zero journalistic integrity. What are you talking about? Uh, it uh, takes place every other year. It was postponed from last year to this year. I mean, was that an uh, hour? Basically, women go head-to-head with players at local courses and also against women worldwide on a global leaderboard to determine who wins the weekend. Worldwide points uh, work by taking the round ratings from the two round and averaging them together to see where you stand on the leaderboard. First off, I didn't hear a lot of people talking about this. No. It's cool, though. It's pretty sick. Yeah. I don't know why... Which I, I loved, like, obviously the idea for the women is to have, like, women-only events and then you're competing with all these other people so mm-hmm. that... You know, I think they had they broke the record with three thousand two hundred and thirty players, which was cool. up over a thousand players from the one the last one that happened in twenty eighteen. Um, I think this would be sick to see in juniors as well, because the whole point of this mm. is to like grow a certain demographic of the event. Yeah. Uh, I think this would be sick to have like a juniors global event. Yeah, that's cool. And do like a similar thing. Regardless, anyways, um, there was ninety nine events this year, one shy of a hundred. Uh, Valerie Jenkins took down FPO. Yeah, you heard me, Valerie Jenkins. Heck yeah. Took down FPO. Uh, with a 9.56, uh, Colleen Thompson Colleen Thompson came in second with a 9.53, and Tiara Cargyle came in third with a 9.50. Um, I also don't know why this takes place every other year. Like, why not make it an annual thing? I, don't know. I tried to find that answer as to, like, is, is there a reason? Like, is this something really hard to pull off? Wait, well, when was the first? Like, did they just skip it last year because of COVID? Mm-mm. It's every other year. So it was okay. 2018. It was supposed to be in 2020. Okay. This has been going on for... I wish I had that written down. Uh, this is like the fifth or sixth one, I think. Okay. I so it's just... probably been like 10 some years. But I just don't... I mean, maybe it's something that's really hard to pull off as far as like organization and the rating system. Maybe we can like alternate it like women's global this year, junior global next year. But I mean, I was just like, it's such a good idea and it's so cool to see. Why not just make it like a thing every single year? Hey. Cause it's not like you need to add a course. It's a global event. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I think it's cool. That was kind of cool. Another thing that happened last weekend was the challenge at Goat Hill, uh, which was quite an event. Um, there was a lot that came out of this event. Uh, so first off, let's look at the results. Ricky took it down by a dominant seven strokes. Shocker. Uh, Anthony Barella, your boy, came in second. Uh, wouldn't have had that bad first round. Things could have been different. Yeah, he shot like 11 down on the back nine in round two. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it was off. filthy. Uh, then we had Gavin Rathbun coming third. Dude's having a good season. Uh, Storylines from this event. First off, the main one that a lot of people saw on social media, some people were actually a little upset with the coverage, um, was Brody Smith. So he had the hot start. He had the hot round. Why people were upset about that wasn't necessarily that Brody had the hot round, but that all the posts were about Brody having the hot round when he was tied with Eric Oakley and Ricky. Mm-hmm. So people were saying, like, your co-leader going to be a big picture of Brody and everyone's pumping up Brody but not saying anything about Eric or Ricky is Listen, why some people are upset I don't I, well, people are gonna have to understand at some point that when you are a company like 
disc golf pro tour they obviously run a tour but they are a media company in a lot of ways and when you are a media company like think about in other sports like an espn a bleacher report you have to post what gets you the most post interaction and you know what gets you the most post interaction like that's just the goal to grow your company and that's why if you're looking at espn or bleacher report it's Lamelo ball and lebron james and tiger woods and it's all those guys over and over and over again you're like and everybody seems so annoyed at it but they know that their post analytics are getting the most clicks. Like that's why they keep doing it, no matter the comments they get, because they know they're getting the most clicks with those players. It's the same with disc golf. Like if they know they're gonna get the most, like hate it or love it or hate it. Like it's it's just a business decision. And in fairness, like at least he had, you know, at least he was tied for the hot round. Yeah. Like I, it'd be one thing if he shot like if he was like four off the lead. four off the lead, and they were making that the headline. Like that would be a little bit to Actually, gripe with. Like I'm okay. pulling this up. I want to see but the like, challenge of Goat Hill. But did they post that while he was in the clubhouse and the others weren't? Or did they post it? With no, the- it was after. I was okay. like, okay. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they're a media company. They know what's going to give them the most post interaction. You know? That's just kind of how sports work. So looking at this, I mean, um, so I'm looking at the Central Coast coverage numbers. Okay? Round one, which had Garrett Gurphy, Ricky, Anthony Barella, and Calvin Heimberg. Mm-hmm. Well, it just says Calvin. So that must, maybe it's like Clint Calvin. Yeah, Because everyone else's last name. So it wasn't Heimberg. Heimberg I saw Calvin and threw it in there. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? No. So it must have been like Clint Calvin or something. Uh, so they had 125,000 on the front nine, 97,000 on the back nine. That's pretty good. You put Brody in there, it only goes up 130,000 on the front nine and 97,000 on the back nine. Now that is a day behind. So it might be a little more skewed than that, but really not a huge, huge jump. Partially, I would imagine, because Brody is only pushing live disc golf. So I would like to have seen the. If he linked that video. <laughs> if he said, "Go watch me on Central Coast." I'm not. Sure. Yeah, I don't think he ever did that. No, he didn't. But I would like to have seen. I guess to complete the argument, like what you were saying, of when you post LeBron, it gets clicks. I would like to see the disc golf network. Like, did they did they see a huge spike in subscribers? Well, or what I think happened? it's it's not maybe it's not even quite that yet, but it's also well, like I was just saying that's an easy one to look yeah, at. Analytics but it's also like. what everybody's talking about. That's their other job as a media company is to post what the buzz is in the sport. And the buzz that day was very obviously Brody Smith. Like he yeah. was what everybody was talking about. So of course that's what you're going to post about. That's, yeah. just, that's just social media one on one. Well, regardless of love Brody or hate him, one thing that was super impressive is he popped off with the hot round first round. But then he was able to stay on the lead card. Yeah, that was through impressive. the next two rounds. That was impressive. And then what really impressed me the most was his third round. He came out and he stunk it up. Yeah, real bad for the first. Honestly, the first front nine was bad. I think he birdied like hole ten, maybe like fourteen holes. Then went on like a cold streak for a bunch of pars. Then hole fourteen, he was still like in your head. You were still thinking like if he does something crazy the rest of these holes, he could get to that USDGC spot. Yeah. You were thinking it, but like I wouldn't have ever said it out loud because yeah. I was like, eh, with how this round's yeah. going, he was struggling. I think he was like 20% circle one X at that point. It was rough. Mm-hmm. He did it. He freaking birdied out from 14 on mm-hmm. and got himself into a tie with Dustin Keegan. Uh, and then they went to a playoff and Brody was able to take it down and get his USDGC spot. Yeah, um, finally. Now that was where the second issue storyline yeah. came in was... The Disc Golf Network didn't cover or really even mention the playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out on Super Twitter weird. from someone who was at the tournament who said Brody just came back. He won his USDGC spot. 
What were um, they saying was the reason for that? What were people saying? No one really said. Because well, the then tour I, should have full media rights to that event. Oh, no. It was the whole USDGC thing. Well, right? That's what someone said. Someone get Because they said that allegedly they didn't even allow spec. Now, this part is, again, allegedly. That they didn't allow spectators to go watch the playoff that were there. Which yes. I was not there. I heard that from someone who was there. Who was saying, like, they won't let us go. Whether or not that's true, Maybe. kind of irrelevant. But what the people were guesstimating um, is that since the disc golf network doesn't have rights to broadcast the usdgc they therefore didn't broadcast the usdgc yeah. qualifier so this that doesn't that doesn't make sense for a number a if that were actually somehow the case that well, is the just, playoff didn't have anything to do with the yeah, event was that the i mean that's just tyranny from innova or whoever if that's somehow the case but disc golf pro tour should have had every right to everything that was going on there and number two, they have in the past already kind of told Innova to shove it when Innova tries to enforce their like not fair media rights on them. So I'm I'm really shocked that it didn't get filmed. I wonder. Well, my not, biggest wonder is like, did they just not realize it was going on? Like, did no, because the commentators mentioned it, and Brody I think even said that like they announced, you know, Ricky is the winner, and then in like the next breath said there's going to be a playoff. And Justin Keegan yeah. and Brody was upset at that because he's like the event's over like this the playoff means a lot to me personally to Brody he's like but it doesn't mean anything to the event the event's done uh so Brody's argument was even and this is on the Nick and Matt show if you want to watch his full interview he even said the disc golf network shouldn't have broadcasted my playoff he's like I'm glad they didn't he's like because that it was kind of like it's a storyline but it's not really and the FPO was going on now, what he didn't realize is the FPO was on a big backup while his playoff was going on. It would have been great to see some extra golf. Yeah, there. I don't... But I see his point. He's basically saying the event's done. Right. This, this in the grand scheme of the event, Goat Hill means nothing. I'm, play, I'm in eighth place. This means nothing. It's over. So why would you show that over the FPO still playing in the event? Yeah, well, I think... I, get, I definitely get what he's saying. Um... I do think had FBO been going on, you certainly don't want to cut away that coverage. Although I do think like, even if they're not going to broadcast it, maybe just a little like, and this just happened a few minutes ago and they watch him making the putt just to like, let the viewers know what happened. Yeah. Also the disc golf pro tour has taken a stance and made it known that the USDGC spots are a very big notable storyline that they're following throughout the season. They're posting about it every single time it happens and like they're talking about it, right? Is that, am I wrong? I think the Pro that? Tour is no. Is it not the Pro Tour that's been doing it? UDisc that? has been posting it and USDGC's account. Okay. Well, in that case, you see then, it on Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's a storyline. Maybe disc I golf. thought it was Pro Tour. But I don't think well, the Pro, if the Pro Tour is not pushing it. Then, then I, I deflate that argument. That doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think the Pro Tour is pushing it because it doesn't do anything for them. Yeah, I, I get what he's saying. It is just a, it's a bummer. It's a real. Bummer. I'm a little more surprised that Central Coast didn't film it. Yeah, I, I'm, which I I'm didn't just, watch the Central Coast coverage. But I heard people who watched it say they didn't film it. So if yeah. please correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, because I would like to watch yeah. it. But I heard that there was no one filming it. At all. I'm just more mad that nobody filmed it rather than the Pro Tour did. And I just wish somebody would have. Well, that's what like I could understand. Well, even the Central Coast, it's like the event's over. Ricky won. It almost would be like a secondary upload. Yeah, like Brody Smith, oh, Dustin yeah. Keegan playoff. That's what I'm saying. And for if you're Central Coast, like that's a business move. Like, Maybe they did film it and they're going to upload it later, yeah, and it hasn't been uploaded. Maybe. Because I see what he's saying. Like, Ricky tapped out. The event's over. 
the coverage of the Goat Hill Challenge is over. This isn't this isn't a part of that. Like this is a secondary playoff that has nothing to do with the event. It doesn't change Dustin Keegan and Brody. Like one of them's not in seventh and the other's in eighth. It has now. nothing to do with the event. Part of these, I mean, part of something you can earn at these events is a qualification for a major. But it doesn't change anything about the event. No, not about that, that's that's not what I'm about where people finish. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like as far as the actual event goes, doesn't have anything to do with it. It's all about USCGC. Yeah. So I think that's why coverage didn't happen but i mean a lot of people were upset at that uh but congrats to brody to qualify for uscgc you know this early in the season takes a lot of stress off yeah and um honestly my storyline for this was when i was watching his final round was going to be will brody ever qualify for Mm. uscgc this year and then he birdied out and i scratched it yeah uh looking over towards our dark horse picks for this event though we had a weird situation with yours i haven't heard any more details on what exactly happened but max nichols dnf'd um, well, after his first round, I believe yeah, there's already either two theories that because either a he was playing hurt because he didn't like his score was not great he was like two over yeah and he's pretty good and he's from California so I'm thinking either a he was playing hurt and that's why he DNF'd or b his round was so bad that he DNF'd but probably probably got hurt yeah so then it was basically just me through me versus Connor I had Jake Brown who pitched me in my DMs Incredible. on himself you know I'm he played decent. But I lost. Uh, so I already paid. I already got Connery's coffee. Uh, you know, but props to Jake. He had some pressure on him. He played pretty well. He played he's lo- better. very low rated consider- compared yeah. to what you usually pick. Yeah. yeah. So what I would expect him to have done, he did better. But I mean, you lost it for me, man. Come on. <laughs> don't don't pitch. Don't pitch yourself. You're gonna lose it for me. You got something to say, Connor? I, I have I won the most out of anybody. Absolutely. I've only won one. I don't think you've ever lost. I've never lost. Yeah. No. So either Connor or Trevor or I have lost every time. So if anybody's playing a pro tour event and they want to win, all you have to do is DM me and I'll pick you and you'll win. Apparently. Oh, so you think you're the, you, you've got the I, power. Yeah, I've got the power. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, the other FPO, there's only like one or two storylines um, beyond the results here. Uh, we had Lisa Fakus taking it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Owen Scoggins coming in second. And then we had Holland Hanley and Jessica Weeks coming in third. But, one thing that I looked into a little bit more, because this was brought up on the Nick and Matt show, but, um, but Nick said he didn't want to talk about it because he didn't have any details. He just kind of overheard that it might have happened, mm-hmm. was golfers, regular golfers, ball golfers, whatever you want to call them, being on the course during FPO's first round. So the Goat Hill was on a golf course. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, during the first round, there were some golfers playing. Um, so I just tweeted and said, does Oof. anyone have any details on this? Bad look for the Pro Tour. <laughs> uh, AJ Risley, his, uh, he was one of the course designers. I believe his dad might have been the TD. He responded to me on Twitter and said, there were ball golfers on the course the same time on Friday. They were, they were a part of a league of course employees. I saw one hole where they inter- intersected, but there wasn't much of an interaction between the groups. I think FPO were on hole eight at the time. Doesn't sound like a super so big deal. Sounds like a non-issue. Yeah. Ella Hansen, who was on that card, said, I was a part of that card. Two groups of golfer, two groups of golfers. One we were on hole eight, and one on fifteen, just playing through us slash across us without any awareness. Mm, bad look for Pro Tour. So I'm not sure what. So big deal. <laughs> I don't have a ton of details as to what exactly happened, so I don't really want to talk about it much. But that's all the details I have. What I just read. Well, so it, so AJ makes it sound like you know, it's just deal. league of course employees. So it sounds like the course was still shut down. It was just course employees. They went out. 
they inter- intersected yeah. not much interaction if you're the pro tour and you're running an event on a ball golf course you need to make sure there's zero well i think part of course. it a lot of people in the comments were, were talking about it being rented out i would imagine the course was rented out or at least there's some type of agreement but one thing you have to remember too is to rent out a golf course for any number of days three or four days is a lot of money yeah a whole lot of money this is a silver series yeah so there is a chance that it was more of an agreement between like the course well, owners. You just don't run it there. Well, it's a silver series. I, it's a pro, it's pro tours names on it, but <laughs> this isn't, it doesn't sound like the, it sounds like it was just course employees, which might've happened if you had it rented out. I mean, and they went out. You just, I, I don't like, I, I don't agree like, it's not a good look. Yeah. I don't like the look of like these professional women playing in an event and they're focusing around and they've got to wait for a ball golf group to play through. Well, I don't say they had to wait for them to play through. They said they were playing across them with no awareness, and they played just through. playing through. A, oh, I guess I'd say playing yeah, through playing us slash across us. Yeah, without that, any awareness, it's not good. It's not good. It's one thing that happens in just like some That's random true. PDGA event, but as soon as you put your name on an event, if you're going to host at a ball golf course or a public park or wherever it might be, you got to like keep control. And I'm not sure course. where Nick had heard it or saw it. It might have. Well, no, day one didn't have any live coverage, so there was clearly some something public about it because Nick had heard it I'm sure, i didn't see anything I'm sure that until it's Nick probably just talk within the fpo players it possibly probably got around yeah um i don't know it's, it's definitely an interesting thing i but what i'm saying is i think if this was a a pro tour like full-on pro tour like the otb open that's not happening period yeah i mean it's certain i mean you're probably right but i think they need to carry that standard over i agree but i just think i think that's kind of why because there's i think there's there's so many courses that aren't on ball golf courses that if you can't control that then just don't use a ball golf course yeah i mean that's where in my head immediately what i said was like oh well maybe they since it's a silver series they didn't rent out the the golf course because players also apparently had to pay to play practice rounds Mm. but don't love that either again like you're gonna not, rent that, the golf course for a week for a silver but series. But that's what I'm saying. If you if that's the if that's becoming an issue for a pro tour event, even if it's a silver series, just go play at one of the billion courses in California that's nice and can host an event. I mean, I agree. I'm just saying, like, if I'm running a silver series, I'm not renting out Ivy Hill here for a week because that might be yeah forty thousand dollars. You're going to a different course that isn't a ball well, golf. Well, course. yeah, I'm running at New London. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I. If I was just the TD, if I'm not the pro tour, I'm just the TD, I'm like, heck no. Like, yeah. there goes all my added cash and then some. I'm going to go take a loan out so I can run this event. Yeah. But, yeah, that, it's not a good look. There's not a ton of details on it. There's not a lot of coverage. So I don't want to, like, add to this event because it could have just been nothing. I do think the way that Ella Hansen says playing through, through slash across us without any awareness makes it sound like she or the group she was on, it kind of bothered them a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, you, if if it was like not a big deal, I feel like she would just be like, yeah, I was a part of that card. You know, they just kind of played by, uh, they didn't really interfere with us. It wasn't a big deal. But to say like played through slash across us without any awareness makes it sound like it annoyed mm-hmm. them at least somewhat. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to bring that up because Nick had brought it up, didn't have details. I got a little more details. So I figured why not bring it up? We have two more events that happened last weekend. <laughs> Yeah. These two I'm going to just breeze through because... Um, not really relevant. They're not super... Well, one of them I just have a question on. Uh, okay. So I don't even really have the results. It's a 303 open. Kyle Klein beat Eagle McMahon at it. Kyle Klein won it. Eagle McMahon came in second. He, Only he, reason I brought it up... Beat by his clone. Is because Kyle Klein took down Eagle. I feel like we were just talking about Kyle. What are your thoughts on him so far this year? It's just Eagle McBoy versus Eagle McMahon. Yeah. 
Kyle Klein. That's funny. Eagle McBoya. That's funny. Have that, is, is that like a Jomez quote? No, I came up with that. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. goodness. Wow. Look say, at you. It sounded very Jomez. Yeah. I should like start that. a tweeter. You should start a tweeter. <laughs> Kyle Klein has bright spots this year. His season, he hasn't. I think we may have like overhyped him, like being able to just like be a, like a dominant force on tour a little. Like he's just really young still because he had a really good season last year. He has bright spots this year, and he like every once in a while he'll just go off. Uh, and I still think he's gonna have a good career. He just hasn't quite. He's not quite there yet. But clearly he he can win. You yeah, know? I mean that's what I said. I I wrote down. I feel like he's having a decent year, but I think we just I just expected him to be a bit more consistent yeah he's just not but quite there yet that's kind of that how eagle said, was at the beginning of his true. career too with that being said he does have back-to-back wins now technically because he had a dnf at ddo but it doesn't it was just a 999 on the first round so he didn't even complete yeah a full round he there. was he was hurt so i'm not gonna really so i'm just not gonna count ddo i'm gonna just yeah. say a back-to-back wins at mid-america i think and he hurt himself in open. warm-ups too yeah yeah so it's on his like if you look at his pga thing that goes mid-america he won and then DDO is like an 150th, and then 303 open he won. Yeah, no, yeah, he's so. I mean, that's back to back. He's having Good a fine season. Uh, final one that happened was Huck Central, which again we're just gonna look at the MPO mainly because Paul McBeth and Chris Dickerson was there. Were there? <laughs> Chris took it down in a playoff against Paul. Yeah. So I talked to Paul. Basically asked him what happened. He said one hole cost him the tournament. And the main reason I bring it up is because I take comfort in knowing that this hole gave Paul just as much trouble as it always gave me. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult hole. It's You're- at um. Grand Central Station in Clemson, Central South Carolina, actually. Yeah. Uh, near Clemson. It's a top 100 course. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. It's a sick course. It was on the locomotive layout hole two or on the normal layout hole 11. But basically, you're, you're teeing off with wood lines on the right, wide open field, and then it goes into the mouth of the woods and kind of like snakes down, goes through a ditch. The ditch is like probably yeah. 60 feet shy of the basket, and then the basket's chilling up on a ledge basically the hole depends on either a do you go for that gap or b do you try to lay up to it and then if you lay up you just need to be in perfect position or else that shot's gonna be really really difficult paul played it five times yeah because he played on both layouts and then he played it in the playoff he played it five times and said he was four over through the five times he played it and it sounded like whether he was going for it or he was laying up the hole just gave him struggles all the way around it's a tough one so chris diggerson took it down was real tough on that hole uh you know we, I think we had said, well, no, I, we didn't say it because I wasn't here last week. You might have said it. I fully expected Paul to win down at Huck Central. Yeah. Certainly. It wasn't a super stacked field. I mean, it's it's Dickerson, it and like Dickerson. it's a wooded course. Like, it, not not an easy guy to beat. <laughs> True. All right, it's time to hop into the fan favorite segment now that we're an hour into the show of Trevor's <laughs> Trivia. What do you got for me this week? Well, we got a fun game this week. Um, we're going to do a little, it's, it's like a little newlyweds game. <laughs> Nice. Um, if you were wondering, Trevor and I are newlyweds. Yeah. So this game is, I mean, if you're watching, there'll be a semi-visual aspect to this, but we'll make sure to read it out loud. So if you're listening, you can keep up. But basically, uh, I have questions. Now, typically, the newlywed questions are found by a third party, but I made sure to pick questions that I don't know the answer to on Hunter's regard so that it w- so it's fair. Um, so let me give you your signs here. Oh, we have signs. Well, we should like on, we should flip them and read. Yeah. Well, so that's that what I said. Can- Ouch. Come on. That's what I said. Uh, so basically what I'm going to do is read off a question, and you're going to write at the top, you'll write uh, your answer to the question for you personally. Um, so if I said, what's your favorite color? Or what's your? if I said, what's your co-host's favorite color? You'd write down your favorite color. So that's what I'm going to compare my answer to. 
And then you're going to write what you think my favorite color is. So we can compare. For, it's gonna oh, go, we're, we're answering we're, it's, both it's ways. It's going to go both ways. So I'm going to write two things on yeah, here. Yeah, it's going to go both ways. Uh, so the first question. <laughs> I think I got the rules. <laughs> remember. You're, I mean, it, it doesn't really I matter. Which, both. Well, I can yeah. see what you're writing. Well, I'm going to hold it up. Uh, the first question is, what is your favorite co or is your co-host's favorite disc of all time? So your answer first and then what you think mine is. Oh. That's gonna sound great. Oh, that sound is awful. I'll try to get away from that. It's like the worst ASMR of all time. This is actually a really tough one. I feel like because I don't know if you'll know mine. I know yours. Mine's obvious, but yours is gonna be. Like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a guess. I don't know if you'll know mine. I'm very confident on yours. If you don't write what I wrote, I'm gonna be shocked. <laughs> all right. Ready? Three, two, one. Okay, so I got Trevor's. Trevor's is the Wraith. Yours is the so I put Nova. Mm, yours is Thunderbird's close too. You put something I, that wasn't even in your bag. It's not in my bag. Yeah, no. That's but, that's pretty. That's pretty. I think we can all admit from a guy who has a mixed bag and isn't carrying what he claims is his favorite disc is pretty hypocritical and disgusting behavior. Like that might be sociopathic to do something like that. I do think the Nova is my favorite disc of all time. So just for the recap, I wrote Wraith. Hunter guessed that correctly. He wrote Nova. I guessed Thunderbird, which is a disc. In I mean, his I named bag. my dog after the Nova. It's a great disc. It's, it's a, I think, you know, like, so I I, I'm, I take back, back what I just said because you know what? Sometimes favorite if discs. You, if you look back across my career, the Nova has been in my bag probably ninety five percent of the time. I would say right now, we're just the in the five percent. Probably your right favorite now. disc though. Well, you didn't say right now. I know. I would have answered Thunderbird if it was right now. Okay. You said all time. I know. I agree. I, I'm just trying to like at least justify my my life. You were close. Skill. That's probably my. That's Thunderbird's probably right. my second. Next question: What was your co-host's first win? Oh, what is that. my first win? I don't know. I see. I just looked this up, and I still don't think I remember. What is my first win? Does it okay? What if you get it right and I get it wrong for me? <laughs> you don't. You seriously don't know your first win? I think this was it. I think I know it. I'm almost positive this is my first win. All right, three, two, one. Gifford Pinchot. I think mine's the Ballantine Open mm. in Charlotte. Look it up on his account. It it might. Be. I won an intermediate. And I think it, I was, I, Commonwealth Games, I only ever won in advance. And I didn't move up until mm, I won. Okay. Yeah. My win was but the, I don't know if it was my first win. My it's win, my most memorable. My win was the Gifford Pinchot Classic. I knew that. My only win, my first tournament I ever played in, in juniors. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Ballantine Open was my first one. I guess Commonwealth Games. And I think I might be wrong. Yeah, I couldn't Commonwealth remember. Games, I think, was my second win. I think it also was, yeah. I don't know if I ever, but I wrote down all your wins like last week. The Valentine Open's where that bowling ball trophy came from. I don't think I even wrote that. Wrote that down. Maybe I missed it. That was a, it. Was an intermediate win. I don't know. What have you seen over there, Connor? Who's right? <laughs> this guy doesn't even know himself. I just I just found your account. Seven seven eight zero seven man. Tatted on me till I die. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about I thought about making that a question just because I I know your PGA number for some reason. I don't know yours. I know you wouldn't. <laughs> I don't expect you to. I I literally know mine and Paul's. That's, you're so cool, dude. I only know Paul's because the PGA used to not I have. I've heard you, it so many times. I don't know if they've heard it. I've told you. <laughs> you used to have to search by PGA number to find. You used to. Now you don't. Wins. Now they made. Now Are they prioritize player. Where's where's win at? It was okay, like it's the Valentine Open. Okay. Commonwealth okay. was second. Okay, I think that was second. All right. Next third question. Fastest fingers on YouTube. 
That's right. <laughs> no, it's in Vir- fastest in fingers Virginia. in Virginia. Fastest fingers in Virginia, which isn't as good, I guess. It's not oh. as good. No. <laughs> Next one. This is a little non-disc golf related question to throw in there. It's what is your co-host's favorite food? What is your favorite food? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know what yours is. I mean, I have no idea what your favorite food is. Just take a guess. If you think about it, you could definitely make an educated guess. Like, there is definitely foods that I get excited about. You get excited about a lot of foods, Trevor. <laughs> I'm not sure that I know what your favorite food is at all. You should. Really? Okay. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. I'll give you a hint. You give me a okay, hint. Okay, okay. I Don't let me see yours. Yeah. You tilted it down. I didn't read it. Okay. When we used to stream, I craved it every single time we turned a video game on. Without okay, mm. and I would talk about it on the stream every time. I see that's crazy because I think I remember what you're talking about, but I'm not positive. Okay, what's your hint? Um. Oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about, and that was actually what I was gonna guess, but I was thinking to myself, surely that isn't it. My hint is that. Let's think of a good hint. I have eaten it at the office many times. It's like a treat. It's a treat? Yeah. I, get, I don't know. I might know it. <laughs> I mean, surely that gave it away. I don't think it did. Okay. Three, two, one. I got donut Donuts. Meal. Okay. That's my oh, favorite food. Donuts and pizza. Oh, okay. Look at donuts there. and pizza. We got them right. That's not what I was going to guess for either what of were you. you. What were you going to guess? guess? For Hunter, I was just going to say Chick-fil-A. That was my first thought, but then I, I did remember like pizza. No, see, like, like I can too. Chick-fil-A, I could eat pizza three meals a day. Every single day, and not get sick of it. Chick Fil A. Yeah, if well, I want you would three meals a day, every day just, <laughs> yeah, that's no, a good point. Sick, but I wouldn't get sick of that's it. That's a good point. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'd be throwing up while I'm still eating. What were you pizza. gonna say for me? <laughs> for you, I was either gonna say Bojangles or Lacaretta. Mm, I do like Mexican food a lot. Well, the issue Bojangles is like, is like a new thing for me though. Like you gotta remember, I didn't grow up with a Bojangles. Well, yeah, but it doesn't it, take long for it to become your favorite <laughs> that's though. True. Part of it though is like I didn't want to put Chick Fil A down because that's not a food. It's not a food. Yeah, I wanted to be because like I could have been mac and cheese would have been a good one. That probably yeah, yeah. that's probably up there for me. All right, next one. What is your co-host's worst disc golf habit? As far as like in as far as like a thing that they do in their like game, not like oh they like spin their disc and it annoys me. Like not like that. I feel so sorry for everybody listening. Yeah, because sorry. This is awful. You can, you can mute us while we type if you want. No, no I like it. Typing. Yeah, I'm typing. This is my <laughs> millennial. Uh, what is my biggest weakness? You said no, like worst disc golf habit. Worst habit. So like kind of biggest weakness, like something you do like in your game that is like the one that is the worst, and you do it often. I mean, mine's probably the most common. All right, one three, on two, there, one. But I put your front foot sliding on your backhand. And no. I put missing short for mine. That's like way more specific. I mean, I put grip lock for you because you like re- your miss is right. It is. That's true. And then I had early release for mine because, and that's probably related to what you said, but when I, I release a disc early a lot, I just always think you're going to like destroy your leg every time I watch you throw. Yeah. It's my, that definitely is the habit that annoys me the most. Cause like, okay. So, well, I guess, yeah, I feel like missing short ticks me off a lot more than when I grip lock. That's fair. Because I'll miss 20 footers short 10 holes in a row. That's and fair. Just... 
Wow, good constructive criticism. We just learned some things. All right, last question. This is a good one. How far would your co-host say they can throw max distance? <laughs> See, Trevor's like a pessimist. So I think you you probably say a lot less that you can impress people when you when you actually throw. That's like your strategy. That's his thing. That is his thing. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know how far I would say with throw. I've never played ping so, pong in my life. I'm going to answer what I think you think I would say, but it's not what I actually would say right now, if that makes any sense. Because if I said what I say would say right now, it probably wouldn't be fair. You're answering what I th- you think I would say. No, for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not answering it truthfully for me. Okay. I'll explain it. That's okay. okay. Right. Three, two, one, go. Three seventy-five. I thought you would short sell yourself. I mean, that's just wait, embarrassing. Wait, wait, which one's you? I'm saying. Four, you would say you could throw four fifty. Yeah, max distance. Like if I got everything behind a disc, if I think I could get four fifty. Oh, yeah, I said four fifty for me. And I think you could get four eighty. I think I get like four hundred, four twenty-five right now. If I'm being dead serious. If I, I went to a flat field, true. if I went to a flat field and threw as hard as I could right now, I think I'm pushing 425. No, with my Hades, I could get over 450. With my Hades, I think I could probably get 475. Maybe I could get there. But there if go. I'm saying like, <laughs> if you if you're challenging me to a distance comp and you're like, how far are you throwing max distance? I'm not saying over 425 right now because no, I'm not confident. No, not with like any kind of pre- I'm saying like. With if everything you had, if you hit it perfect, perfect, yeah. Okay, then yeah, I could probably. Do That's what I'm talking. about. That's for me, like 450. Like no, I'm just like never getting that if hit. we throw max distance competition, it's probably like 430 best. But I think I can get to 450. I just thought you would say like 375. So then when you threw 400 something, everyone would be like, "Oh my gosh, that Anyways. Trevor guy, he can throw." No, I don't. I don't. I don't really do that with disc golf distance. I don't care about distance. All right, man. before we get into the OTB Open. This topic I found very interesting because it's something we've definitely talked about here before. So I don't think we really need to debate it much, but this is what I thought was interesting. I'm gonna. Is I saw this on the, uh, the disc golf debate group. Yeah. Someone posted a picture of Katrina Allen's story where someone had, she was doing a Q&A. Someone asked what she listened to in her headphones while playing. Mm-hmm. And she responded with, I haven't played with headphones in over six or seven years. I think the PDGA or the DGPT should ban them. Not sure of another sport that allows them. That's, that hot take happened. Mm-hmm. Who knows how many that, times. Yeah, so many people that. say that. That's not the point. I feel like we've talked about it before. But I feel like anytime we talk about it, or anytime I hear it talked about, the majority of people are agreeing. Like, yeah, it's a competitive advantage. Yeah. There's no point. Sure. That's not the case this time. I would say probably like 85% of the comments were like, she's an idiot. Why would you ban headphones? Well, here's the thing, though. I think... Well, A, the comments may be a little bit flawed because, like, if you see that post and you're somebody who agrees with her, then you're not going to comment. But if you disagree... Well, this isn't a debate group. Yeah, but so I think it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't think that even, applies even, here. I don't know. Because you're going to debate your opinion. Yeah, I think, like, headphones... It's one of those things, though, where, like, even if you even if you don't think it's a competitive advantage, then it's just not necessary. Like, there's just no, yeah. well, there's no point so to having them. a few them. comments that happen. I have one negative and one positive. Sean... I don't have their last name. Sean commented, I've played in some random cards before where it was my headphones or manslaughter. <laughs> I mean, that's just like, just don't like have some better self control. Don't kill your card mate. <laughs> yeah. Like it's pretty straightforward, Sean. That's really funny, but like, I mean, just be a better person. And I don't know. Dallas commented and said, I've watched tons of pro golf coverage of Tiger and Rory playing in majors while rocking their headphones. Oh, just kidding. No, I haven't. Yeah, I was about to say, please show me that footage. That's so, not. Here's, I mean, I I agree with you. I assume yeah. that like what's here's it's, the if it's not a competitive, it's either a competitive 
It's definitely a competitive advantage. Let's just be honest. There's like a couple major flaws to this. It gets you in a flow state. Number one, yeah. It's like music to those people who are using it. They're using it because it makes them better. That's the reason they're using it. Like, obviously. <laughs> number two, you could have somebody in your ear. If you're wearing a headphone, somebody could be in your ear telling you things. They could, heck, they could be standing up around the corner and telling you where you need to place your shot. Like, if you could have something that could have somebody listen, like you could be listening to somebody, or it could just be your I've coach. It could be your coach, like giving you advice I guess after your last. People just say throw. you're allowed to have caddies, but if someone's like up the fairway and it's like, yeah, hey man, the right side of the fairway is playing that, real <laughs> slick today. Make sure you're going left. That's a, or like, there's a big puddle. Like there is like there is a lot of implications for as soon as you can have a voice in your ear, even if you could say, well, that's not what they're doing. They can though. Yeah, how do you know? You have to you have to just like cut the whole thing out because if they could have a voice in their ear, that could be a huge advantage. And number three. If you have music in, it inhibits your ability to be a good card mate. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's so a, that's a, that's my one two, two points is, number one, it just improves your game. Like, it allows you to... For the people a, that, that, that use it. Like, yeah. people that... Pe- there are people who say probably say it doesn't improve the game. Yeah, but there, I would say there's... I would argue that there's some people that would play better if they were headphones. I think it makes headphones. me better. Yeah, when it would I make me better, but... With headphones on, I play really well. But I don't do it in tournaments Same. because of the secondary part, which is... If there's like an OB call or something, and I'm over here rocking with headphones on, yeah, and I'm just zoned out, it's the same as like driving with headphones on. Which does that suddenly become legal? Driving with headphones there's on? Na- no way. No, I see it, it in Virginia all the time. Yeah, everybody's everybody. Yeah, I literally see people with over the ear, like over ear beats driving. It's well, so, so dangerous. But dangerous. what I was yeah. gonna say is the reason that that's not a cool thing is like, what if an ambulance is behind you? Right. And trying to, you need to get over. That's a strong you analogy. Have, well, okay, no, no, I'm just saying it's a, it's like where you have like something going on that needs your awareness. Right, right. You need to and the headphones are making it where you can't. That was just the first thing that came to my mind. Sure, sure. It's like if you don't look up in your rearview mirror and there's an ambulance flying at you, mm-hmm. you're inhibiting them. Yeah. Obviously, that's a much more serious situation than Johnny Smith might be ob. <laughs> but Johnny McRae. <laughs> what? I'm gonna say Johnny McRae. That's oh no, I just think of John Smith. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Connor was just trying to give me some hand signal. I don't know what he was saying. So I think you're saying that we've been going for a long time. Well, I do know yeah. that. I've been looking at my phone. We're like an hour and ten minutes in, and all we've got left is the hand signals was not helpful. Just continue. <laughs> <laughs> all we got left is the OTB open, <laughs> which has a lot of storylines. <laughs> okay, we just got to hit on a few big ones. First one, we're about to see the return of Simon Lazat. That's exciting. That's very exciting. You know, I've said a lot of things about Simon on this podcast, but like, I don't. I'm not going to wish an injury on somebody. Like, I, I'm excited to see what he does. So, what do you think we should expect out of Simon this weekend? One of two things: either he's going to be super rusty and play awful, but nobody's really going to like fault him for that because he's been away from the game, or he's going to like it's going to be that that thing where you come back from from not playing for a while and like all your bad habits are gone, and he's going to just like play really well probably nowhere in between probably i'm expecting i'm expecting some safe and smart golf because i don't i don't think he can still throw 100 percent. so i think that's yeah. going to make simon cut well, out that could be interesting to watch then some simon lines i think it's going to be more like he's going to just play more straight up disc golf he's not going to look for crazy lines It'd be interesting but i'd be surprised by a top 10 i'm putting him in the top 20 though i think he's gonna have a top mm. 20 finish i would say it's more likely that he's like pretty far back but that's nothing against him. No, it's he's been like, gone for yeah. a year and a half now? Uh, a year now? 
I'd have to. I mean, I just don't even remember like what Simon was doing time. before he got hurt because he's he's been hurt for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he was playing hurt yeah, before then. So it's really tough to say what he. Uh, the other return we're about to see is Paige Pierce. Now that's really. This is a really interesting one because I think there's a big point in Paige's season. If she comes out here mm-hmm. and she shreds, she's set up to dominate the rest of the year. If she comes out here and she struggles, I don't know what to expect from Paige the rest of this year. I think this ever. is a I think this is a big story, uh, like event for her season. I think this is a big yeah. point in her season. I think she's going to be excited to get back to competing, um, and just like ready to be back. I think hopefully she's had enough time to get her mental game back on track and get her mojo back. Uh, I would expect. I'm not going to say I expect her to win, but I would expect a top three finish. Yeah, I mean, it's Paige. It's hard to ever predict her outside of that getting a little easier it is it is <laughs> As uh, recent one thing too that like last weekend we had the challenge at goat hill which was at a golf course this weekend otb open is going to be at a golf course i saw more than a handful of posts just hating on the challenge at goat hill course because it's basically because it's a golf course and they got mm-hmm. so bored with it um i'm very interested to see since it's going to be back-to-back weeks of golf courses yeah how people are going to respond if i remember this course from previous years though it it's was redesigned Oh, okay. Yeah, they, I think they just redesigned it for this year. Uh, from what I've heard, I used to like it. From what I've heard, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Well, almost Brody on the Nick and Matt track, he said he thinks it might be too hard because he thinks instead of it being pars mixed in with birdies, it might be pars mixed in with bogeys. Like he thinks that mm. it might have went so far to where they're still not going to be scoring separation because of how hard it is. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Well, that intrigues me. A I lot. tried. I tried looking at some of the like flyovers because um, they like put them out. It's hard to tell from drone flyovers how hard holes actually are playing. Yeah. But basically, what Brody was saying was there's a lot of like long par threes that don't have high ceilings or like really aggressive like approach shots for birdies that are low ceiling that like he thinks only the top like ten to fifteen players in the world can even do the shots it's asking you for. So he's like outside of that. People can't even get to it. Interesting. It's definitely going to be an interesting tournament to watch. I'm pretty excited. On the MPO side, I'm going to have the most boring top three ever. Same. I think Ricky's taking it down. I think Paul's going to come in second. And I think Calvin Heinberg's going to come in third. Mine's Ricky, Calvin, Paul. Oh, you're putting Paul in third. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, Paul doesn't take a lot of seconds, I feel like. That's true. In a close in a close top three, I mean, it, Paul's yeah. taking third because he's going to play aggressive. That's such a boring top three, but... It's tough not to pick him right now. It, is it, is. it really is. On FPO... I'm saying Paige comes back from Hawaii and she's in killer mode. I think Paige takes it down. Katrina Allen comes in second. And I'm putting Kona Panis, my third place pick. Yeah, she hasn't been playing great lately. I'm going to go Katrina Allen in first, Sarah Holcomb in second, and Paige in third. All right, and the final pick for OTB is our Dark Horse picks. Let's see. Have you, you've never won, Trevor, right? No, I never Let's win. see if you can break your, your stride. I got, Who do you have? His name is Garrett Tapkin. He's 991 rated out of San Diego. He had at the top 25 finish at Goat Hill. Has a decent resume from California. I'm going with Cody Kirkland. That was a good pick, man. He had a pretty, I'm pretty sure he was on lead card at Goat Hill. Uh, he just saw a big jump in his rating, almost got up to 1,000. Uh, Goat Hill, I mean, I don't know how similar the course itself plays, but it was a golf course, so I'm feeling pretty confident with that. Connor, who do you have? I'm going uh, David Madruga. Okay. He is 994 rated. One of the, my highest rated pick so far, I think. You might have the lowest Do I have player. the low rated player? What was your guy rated? I think 998. Oh, Do you see Cody yeah. Kirkland on there? Uh, yeah, yeah, hold on. He's right here. 
Cody Kirkland. Wait, where'd he go? I think he, he's 994. So we're 994. We're tied. I got I got the low rated. You got player. the low rated player. So you got Finally. that at least. Wow. We act like that's such a big advantage, but like it's just crazy odds that it happened that players were like it just tied. Happened yeah. Twice. <laughs> yeah. It happened twice. I know. It was ridiculous. All right. It's time to wrap the show up with uh, interesting. Make that call. Oh, and boy. why it's interesting is because we're both literally going to make this call because I don't know the answer. Okay. So. Well, Okay. Let me paint you in this scenario. You approach a hole that has a basket up in a tree. It's not hanging mm-hmm. and it's not on a pole. It's resting in the tree mm-hmm. with the tree as its support. Yeah. I, that might be important. I'm not sure. Okay. You throw a putt. The putt goes through the chains. Yeah. Ends up resting with like basically the chains are holding it up a little bit, the back end of the disc, and then the front end of the disc is against a tree trunk. Mm-hmm. Does the putt count? Describe that again to me. So... It's on the disc golf debate group. Um, I meant to save the picture, but I didn't because I'm dumb. There's a picture of it. Yeah, there's a picture of this. This is a, this is something that actually happened. Try to find that picture. Um, so basically, you throw your putt. It goes in through the chains. In through the chains. And then out the back, it's resting, supported on the tree trunk, and the other end of the disc is here. It is supported in the chains. Connor, I'll get you this image. Throw it up on the screen. If you're listening on audio, you can find it on the disc golf debate group. Because the the verbiage is that. Does so it, is the verbiage completely supported? We'll by see. The here, here we go. So we have the PDGA definition of a basket. First, a basket target is designed to catch discs and generally consists of a tray, chains, and a chain support mounted on a pole. In order to complete a hole with a basket target, the thrower must release the disc and it must enter the target above the top of the tray, below the bottom of the chain support, and come to rest supported by the target. But like okay. this is clearly that means, supported that, by something outside. But why I said it might be important is like, is the tree technically part of the target? Because like oof. a basket target oof. includes the mounted on a pole. Well, here and this is mounted on the tree. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you can even get the correct call from the rule book. You need like here, looking at that picture, it looks supported pretty heavily by the basket. I would probably. I would count. agree. I would probably call it in. I would count if I'm here. Yeah. My secondary question is, is it just completely irrelevant? Because is this basket legal? Here's here's my question. Is, is that with that verbiage, does that mean if you chain you spit through the basket and it hooks on the backside of the basket and it's just hanging off of it, but it's just supported by the basket, it counts? Yes. Wild. <laughs> but so is this is this basket even legal? Because it says tree? Well it says it, it says generally consists of tray, chains, and chain support mounted on a pole. It said generally. Not it's all, also true. Didn't say always. It's also true. So never mind. Yeah. I don't know the answer. I mean, I would assume it. I would, Look, I would call it. I in. think that's like when you have something that's that minute and close, you have to just call it as it is. Like you just have to like make a group decision, a majority decision, and like I think the group would decide that, that counts. I would say, yeah, I would. I would say it has. Because for those of you who can't see the picture, uh, basically, ninety-five percent of the disc is. Yeah, by the there basket. was like a little bit of the disc that was out touching that tree. Like I'm pretty sure it was just the basket. Like if you took that tree away, like if it just disappeared, the disc would stay where it the was. disc would either stay or fall into the basket. Right, and that I think is what makes that count. Yeah. I thought that was a very if, interesting one. If more than half the disc was like over the edge where it was like the tree was what was keeping it up, then I wouldn't count it. Yeah. Very interesting situation. Interesting. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, went a little bit longer than normal. Actually, a lot of bit longer than normal. Uh, but you know what? A lot of you a lot of you have been asking for that anyways. <laughs> you didn't expect to like get into a cat fight two minutes into the show. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted... I literally... This is like a... It was a one point thing. I just wanted to talk to Connor about and... 
<laughs> Anyways, we'll, we'll, that, that debate will probably carry on the rest of the day. But hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you're having a great day. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and leave us a review. If you're listening on YouTube, I'd really appreciate if you subscribe, turn on the notification bell, and left us a comment what you think about any of the topics that we just talked through. And other than that, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>